Resident Advisors Exchange. My name is Chloe Lula. I'm the exchange's senior producer. Today on the RA Exchange, I'm happy to present Salome, a Georgian DJ whose career has shot up in the last couple of years. Hailing from Tbilisi, she now lives in Berlin and is a resident of Herensana, where she's become a champion of the fast-paced electro, acid, and techno that the group tours worldwide. We felt that we'd be remiss not to include her interview in the exchange's output from 2023. Salome has graced the lineups of festivals like Pitch, Wire, and Deckmantle, all of which are intrinsic to RA's universe and the artists we collaborate with. She's released Searing Electro on labels like Lobster Theremin, Mechatronica, International Chrome, Darknet, and more. In this interview moderated by Suhila U. Umar, Salome talks about first falling in love with electronic music after a visit to Kiev a few years ago. She says she heard every local artist playing electro and breakbeats instead of techno. She had an epiphany that this was something she wanted to make and play, and she hasn't turned back since. She had the good fortune of coming up from a family of musicians. Her grandmother plays and teaches the piano, her father the flute, and her mother the guitar, so music has been ingrained in her life since her earliest years. Since skyrocketing in success, Salome plays multiple gigs each weekend, and she talks about the process behind her preparation. She spends hours each week digging for music in multiple genres, creating what she calls sound maps for each of the territories she DJs in. I feel like people underestimate the preparation of, to the set. It's not just two-hour set, it's like a whole week. Yeah. And for the artists like me, for us, time is duplicated multiple on two and three since we dig in different genres. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one specifically. This can be tricky, she says, but no matter where she's booked, she makes it a goal to remain true to her sound. Thanks so much for tuning in. Without further ado, here is the one and only Salome interviewed live at Deckmantle. I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous because I had to do a lot today, but I'm going to put my best leg forward <laughs> and uh, really enjoy this talk. Um, Same for me, since this is not my comfort zone, I could play easily for <laughs> 15,000 people, but I wouldn't be able to speak in front of 10 people audience or like any amount of the people, but I'm going to try my best. You're going to feel our best. (laughs) So today I'm joined by Salome. You are a Berlin-based, Georgian-born artist, DJ and producer of electronic music. In the past few years, Salome has burst onto the electronic scene with the same blistering energy she transmits behind the decks. Originally hailing from Tbilisi, Georgia, the sound of this DJ is a matchless mix of electro, acid and techno. But... Pick any of her sets and you'll find fragments of hardcore, hip-hop and trance, just to name a few. You're currently operating from Berlin. Can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up in Berlin and why you decided to relocate the, to yes, Berlin? definitely. I mean, I'm not going to say something new and mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say some basic stuff here because I moved in Berlin with the same reason as many other artists has moved there to pursue the career. 
fully. And I mean, it's not the big news that it's the mecca of techno and the epicenter of electronic music mm -hmm. and the home base of so many amazing, uh, well-known artists and talents. And I feel like there is a big flow of opportunities of a lot of work and the collaborations. Mm -hmm. In terms of personal sense, mm -hmm. I feel like I just feel very free in this city. I consider myself as an ally of LGBT plus communities. So as it is Berlin and yes. I feel I belong there and it feels it all makes sense for me. And the city by itself, it's very refreshing to live there and it's very inspiring for me in the sense of the city being very multicultural. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's like if you if I go to... Kreuzberg and then I go to Mitte, it feels like traveling from one country to another basically <laughs> because the vibe and the energy is so different in, in every district of Berlin, you know? Yeah. I yeah. live in Mitte and I feel like I live in Munich, but, yeah. <laughs> but whenever I want to visit Berlin, then I go yeah. to Kreuzberg. For to Kreuzberg. So, so Kreuzberg is really what, that's the heart of Berlin for you. Yes. Yeah. That's and where it, you feel the real Berlin like spirit. What do you mean with the real Berlin? Is that also again the cultures and that it's just a hub and it's like very dynamic? I cannot tell exactly what it is, but you just like feel like in the environment, like the energy in the streets, you know? Yeah. Like nothing really specific that is like describable with the words, but yeah. it's more more of a feeling. Yeah. So it's also like a really a collection of things that are happening that then, you know, yeah. become this new one thing. Does it also remind you of home when you're in Kreuzberg? <laughs> Not only in Kreuzberg, only I mean, in, in whole Berlin, you uh -huh. know, just Berlin has this, I don't know, maybe it's like very welcoming in a way. Uh -huh. And in Georgia also, you feel welcomed once you go there. Yeah. People are open and just yeah. really ready to embrace you as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for us, the hospitality is also the next level. And I guess I, I feel that sense as well in Berlin. Yeah, absolutely. And do you also feel that in the club scene, the mm -hmm. same energy of people welcoming and... Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah, I mean, for in Georgia, the scene is newer, obviously, than in Berlin, but you feel the energy, like yeah. the similar, very similar one. And the way they're interested in music and they're like really going in depth in it and how they have such melomans they are, yeah. you know, in both countries, obviously. Yeah, so the, again, there is a lot to discover also, you could say, uh, yeah. both in Berlin, but also when you think about back oh, home, your yes. hometown. And can you tell us also a little bit about what sparked your love for electronic music? Mm -hmm. I also read in the interview before that you used to work in the in the field of governance. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, that's actually <laughs> super interesting. From governance to electronic music, I'm very curious, like, how did this go for you? So I feel like the first sincere spark that mm -hmm. was born for me, like a real one, happened in Ukraine. Even though I have already started to DJ before I would go to Ukraine, like the first feeling of, okay, this is something that's like changed, that was like a game changer that happened when I visited Ukraine for the first time, the mm -hmm. Kiev. When was that? In which year? Do you still remember? Honestly, my memory is so no, bad. Okay. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> like I cannot remember anything mm -hmm. and I cannot remember the year as well. Uh -huh. It was some like few years ago before I moved to Berlin and I was going to the parties and everywhere I would go, I would literally hear every 
a local artist playing electro or breakbeat. And that's not common everywhere, you know, because mostly when you go to the clubs, mostly in general, it's, it's techno. But there it was, it was like really different. And I, I guess it was like the year of that. But when I heard it from all, all the locals playing the same style and I was like just so like endured by it. I was like yeah. so fascinated by it. And I, I had this like sincere epiphany of, okay, this is something that I want to also make and I want to produce this and I want to play this, you know, yeah. and I got in depth into it and I started to explore more the genre wise. And yeah, that was something that sparked me at first for sure. And uh, regards coming from the governance, <laughs> it's really funny because when I remember that word, the governance, then my <laughs> I see my grandmother's face <laughs> looking at me and being like, ah, you graduated such a prestigious university on, on the high degree of governance and now you're going to the nightclubs and uh, spending <laughs> nights <laughs> there and working in the night hours. And uh, she's happy now, though. She yeah. she sees that I play during the daytime on festivals. So <laughs> also during <laughs> the daytime, yeah. she's happy that now. She's, she's, she she's was she was really kind of a ha- yes. No. I mean, as many other parents yeah. as well, because it's like yeah, I touched down many different classic fields, mm-hmm. including the governance. I, I was working in a TV company, and I was working in the insurance field. So I touched down etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, many different yeah. fields. Like personality-wise, I'm the type who loses the interest quite quickly of the things that happened with all these classic fields. And I just didn't have this moment when I'm like, okay, this is something mine. But with electronic music, I right away felt like, okay, this is something permanent, you know. And like I just feel the rush of adrenaline, which is like never enough for me. And I just like, I can't have enough of it. (laughs) I I want more and more and more. And I love it. And uh I find it also really romantic, the fact that I came back to music where I have started since yeah. the beginning, before I touched down all these classic fields. I studied um, classic music in the, in the music school in my teenage years. Yeah. I was playing piano and uh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, referring back to your childhood, because you actually come from a family of musicians. Yes. yes. Can you tell us how... This was for you, you know, growing up. And also, as you said earlier, you know, mm-hmm. you went to music school when you were a teenager. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit how it was for you growing up in such a family and how they also shaped your musical skills and taste? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely like the main reason why I'm pursuing this field is where I come from and what my musical roots are. And to say a few things about my family, it's just... All whole my family has been in classical music. My grandmother is 80 years old and she still teaches piano in the music school. My father was playing flute. My uncle, my grandfather was the violin specialist and he was playing in orchestra in Georgia. So basically everyone in my family, my mom, guitar, my another grandmother, it was just like, okay, you have to do it. And I'm saying this this way because I was teenage rebellious. So I didn't want whatever my parents wanted for me, but I had to do it uh, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I uh, I was playing fortepiano in the end and uh, singing in choir. <laughs> Because I'm actually also quite interested in whether you ever went to a 
concert or like just really see your family perform? Did that ever happen? Uh, my grandmother would teach me piano mm -hmm. in the school. So we had like more work relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't perform. They would be like teaching others. Yeah. Yeah. They would like give the lessons. Yeah, yeah definitely that shaped Uh, me as uh, as a musician in a way and I'm, I'm like also feeling like my sets are echoing my personality and experiences in a way mm -hmm. and which are like I had the opportunity to go through too many distinct and too many fields like yeah. playing piano and yeah. uh, singing and also I was dancing breakdance upper breakdance <laughs> and <laughs> So dancing, Georgian dances, and even this governance, everything, I think, all of it together influenced uh, my DJ sets, yeah. the way I play, the way I mix and whatever I play, like mixing all the genres and the personality-wise as well, since I get bored like quite quickly, <laughs> I yeah. switch from one genre to another and I jump from... For example, distorted electro, I go to hard house, then I go to techno and then play some hip hop tracks yeah. as well in between. And the sets are built the way I am, I guess, to It say it that way. Which is <laughs> definitely uh, the way to do it, if you yeah. ask me, because this is also where you bring your personal touch and uh, where you also translate your upbringings and everything that you've learned mm -hmm. back into one medium. I have a question about you being a rebellious teenager. <laughs> How did that look like, uh, like engaging with music, but at the same time also being a little bit rebellious? Yeah, I mean, I was basically doing as many other teenagers doing whatever their parents don't want, but I was still a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, we were talking yesterday as well. You told me something about when it came down to learning the music. Like, how did I go for you when you had to learn your sheet music? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. I was like, I had such a protest. I was like, okay, I'm not going to play piano. I'm not going to do it. And because of that, I didn't <laughs> study notes. <laughs> so basically, whenever I had to play the piece, I would just hear my grandma doing it. And then I would repeat it without like studying actual notes. Then in the end, I had to at some point, but in the beginning, in the beginning because of the protest, I was like... I can imagine that not reading the notes, but really playing from based of what you hear, mm -hmm. that that is also pretty complicated. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah, not something maybe. that's very... Yeah, my grandmother would say like, well, good job that you can, See? You can do it. <laughs> and if your grandmother says it. <laughs> She's right. Exactly, exactly. I trust her. And especially if you're still teaching at the age of 80, like super engaged with music, I can also imagine that it's something that you can like really look up to being busy with uh, music for such a long time. And I'm also hearing that when you think about music, that this is not a field that you see yourself getting bored with anytime soon, no, right? No, definitely. That's something like permanent. That's like, that's why I was saying it's like constant rush of adrenaline that like you seek more. It's like you're having this obsession of wanting more and like more and more. I hear you. And it, it, music is also, you know, has this power mm -hmm. that it, it keeps invoking feelings in you. It can really take you through whole like dimensions and whatsoever. And I think that this is also the most interesting, one of the most interesting things about mm -hmm. music. If you take a look at playing vinyl or... Yeah, you're, you're just playing... getting addicted to it, you know, also like playing in front of the crowd. You're, it's such a like mutually fulfilling process. Like you get such energy from the crowd. Once you start it, then it's like impossible to... Just, uh, to stop. Oh. 
<laughs> I want to delve into the DJing part because actually a lot of people kind of underestimate what it means to be a DJ. We have a lot of tools that we can use, but take a look at being a DJ and also, you know, in back in the day, starting out as a DJ. Were there hurdles that you had to overcome or things that you later on realized, yeah, this is something I'm going to do? different next time mm -hmm. yeah for me the first aspect definitely that people underestimate and who haven't experienced it then they don't really see it because you hide it on the like you're when you're out you know yeah everything is like <laughs> yeah but through the makeup <laughs> yeah, yeah. for me like the first thing is uh, lack of sleep obviously because it directly hits to your mental health in a bigger picture but in that moment on the weekends for example if you get like two hours sleep during three days, then it just like really affects your mood, obviously. And then you need to be in the correct mind space to perform and you have to match the energy of crowd and you have to deliver yourself, right? Like that's your job. Yeah. You have to, you have to serve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, if you're not in the right right mind space and like mind state it's really hard and we are our own therapist as well <laughs> and like we motivate each other and being like okay yeah. you have to you know yeah. and definitely the the sleeping point is the most crucial thing in this aspect yeah has there been a moment when you started out where you didn't realize that sleep was so crucial yeah i mean there was the moment once when i was getting back to berlin and I'm going to be a little bit dramatic here. Please, please. <laughs> and, I love uh, drama. <laughs> uh, and I was like in the train going back to Berlin and I had tears coming from my eyes and I, I didn't realize why was this happening. And I'm like, yeah. why? Because I should be like opposite happy. You know, I played amazing show. I met so many like great people and such experience had the opportunity to perform here, you know, and I should be grateful for all of this traveling the world and okay. then I had sleep I woke up in the morning and I was happiest person alive and then I was like okay I get it that's the sleeping thing <laughs> I was like that's not me thanks God you know yeah yes. so the sleep is the the biggest thing and it's really crucial to like really balance it out and etc and besides that also, I feel like people underestimate the preparation of to the set moment Aye, yeah. because it's not just two hour set. It's like the whole work of the during whole week. Yeah. And for the artists like me, for us, time is duplicated multiple on two and three since we dig in different genres. Mm -hmm. And it's just like one, not one specifically. If you take us actually into your process of preparing for a set, also taking into account that you have a few gigs, uh, you know, up and coming gigs. Uh, sometimes it's a few of them behind each other. How do you then kind of get into the headspace to mm -hmm. prepare not only to do the gig, but also yeah. the set? And DJ sets. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's like here I'm more pragmatic in a way. I mean, it doesn't require creativity for me in order to like prepare the set. It's more for production. Mm -hmm. It's more pragmatic. The fact I could mention is that I kind of have, have the sound map when I play in different places. I had the opportunity to play in many different countries. I sort of understand cultural-wise like what country appreciates which sound more and it came with experience and yeah. for example if I play Spain or Italy I go on the direction on techno more because I know that's what they like mostly but that doesn't mean that I lose my authenticity and yeah. uh, I'm still trying to myself obviously and doing myself but I go to that direction more 
But uh, when I play here, for example, in the Netherlands or I play UK, I know I can be more free because they're more open to the different genres. And there I know I can go more crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think it's also like really interesting how you approach this and also how you are able to cater to an audience without you know, losing yourself in, okay, this is what they want to hear and this is yeah. the only thing I'm going to mm -hmm. play. It's just that you know what the basis is going to be and then from there you kind of mm -hmm. broaden it out. Yeah, it, everything like experience brought it to me. Like first I tried out many different things and I was realizing then afterwards, okay, this is that I that they like more. <laughs> yeah. How important is it actually that you realize that to be able to kind of move to this level that you need experience. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like people often forget that as well. You know, there is a cultural... I mean, yeah, everything comes with experience. Obviously, if you don't see it, then you cannot... I mean, someone can tell you, but yeah, yeah it's more of an experience. And uh, yeah, it's it's really beautiful, I think, to... Live to through feel, it. To see all these differences in the different countries and... Yeah, because they there are definitely differences. Definitely, yes. <laughs> so we just talked about uh, getting into the headspace to create and prepare your DJ set. For some DJs, producers, it's actually they just keep pumping stuff out and have multiple gigs in that week. But how does this process look for you? For example, do you take a walk in the forest to clear your mind, <laughs> or uh, you know, do you read a book? Do you drink some chamomile tea? <laughs> Mostly. If I'm not playing on during the week, I'm trying to as much as I can stay at home to kind of unwind and uh, regain the energy that I have uh, spent on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Although the energy, you get the energy back from the crowd, obviously, because it's mutual thing and... Uh, it's the beautiful thing. Here, actually, I'm going to go in a different direction and mention that I cannot not mention how Georgian ravers are so supportive that everywhere I go, basically, they always are there and saying oh, hi to me. And it's all such a heartwarming thing. But uh, yeah, mostly to combine the DJing and producing and everything, I most of the time spent like at home mm -hmm. to uh, regain the energy that was lost on traveling and working and etc. And unfortunately, because of that, I don't have the social life. <laughs> my social life is also uh, happening on the weekends, but I'm lucky that all of my friends are DJs. So we're spending some quality time on the weekends, like her and Sauna crew as well. They're all my friends. So we spent some uh, nice time together having the social life on the weekends as well. But during the week, yeah, mostly I dig for the tracks and regards the production, if the creativity comes, mm -hmm. then you go to the production moment. Yeah, because you also have a, a studio in your home, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. is, is there a reason why you wanted to have a studio in your home and not yes, outside of the definitely, home? definitely, because for me, it's like I cannot plan when to produce. I should just feel the the punch of like the inspiration where I'm like, okay, now I can. I, I will I like to have the space in that. Mm -hmm. I cannot like really plan and it's it's good to have it there because once yeah. you feel it then you go to the studio and then you work. You don't yeah. have to like go out and plan today I have a studio day, etc. You know. And it also allows you actually to really stay in, in the vibe and in the energy that exactly, you created yeah. so for yourself. That, so that you don't lose this inspiration spark, I feel like. Yeah. And you just get to the work right away. <laughs> yeah. And when we talk about inspiration, like, is there a way that you go about, you know, letting yourself be inspired or seeing things that are like really inspiring and that you feel like, okay, this I kind of want to translate mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and make it mine. Like, At the production-wise, yeah, production-wise, exactly. The inspiration is leading me to produce, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily say that some um, view inspired me. And okay, I'm gonna like mm, translate this view in the sound, yeah. and I'm gonna make the specific synth because I I still f- feel like I'm on the level of uh, exploring in production and. I'm experimenting, so when like my producing uh, process is basically playing around with VSTs and synthesizers and like uh, doing some experiments, and then I get the result out of it. So it's not basic. It's not like yeah, this inspiration led me yeah. to go make this specific note or something. No, so you're. It's really kind of tailored to how you feel. You wanna translate mm-hmm. whatever that comes to you yeah. and then actually gives you a push to do something. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's really a, an igniter, right? Yes. Uh, you just mentioned Herasauna and being able to see your friends in the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talked about sleep. How do these two like interact uh, with each other, you know, being with your friends? I, I assume that they recharge you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can also assume that sometimes it's because it's in the weekend, mm-hmm. so much is going on. Like, what is the importance of this support system for you? For me, it's like also I try to stay healthy during the week that I cannot uh, do on the weekdays. <laughs> Weekend, sorry. <laughs> uh, during the weekdays, I try to eat healthy and stay healthy, exercise, being de- delusional sometimes and going to the gym once in month. <laughs> but it, I guess I it's better thing. than not doing it at all. And I also feel like recently I have realized it could be the good outlet for creativity to do some hobbies, for example. So I was thinking maybe I would get back to dancing again as a hobby and maybe take the hip-hop classes in Berlin. And that could be a nice, like, uh, outlet for creativity. Yeah. How important is it for you to have these outlets to kind of safeguard your creativity? Yeah, to to just be energetic during the weekend and, like, to serve yourself your best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, really crucial to have the healthy things <laughs> happening yeah. during the week. Absolutely. Because I'm actually quite also a little bit intrigued uh, with the hip-hop part and dancing. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you also used to do when you were younger? I, I took a dance yeah. classes, as I said. I yeah. was dancing. And uh, I remember there was like only one dance teacher in Georgia back in the days who was teaching uh, the upper breakdance. Yeah. And then she moved to New York. And then there was no one else left there who was teaching that specific genre. And then I was left like that. I guess if I would take that further, I wouldn't be here. But I'm glad that everything happened (laughs) as it happened. And uh, yeah, as we say, everything does happen for a reason. So I also wanted to go really quickly back to the uh, mental health part that we just Mm -hmm. talked about. How does that work when you're touring, producing, DJing? Does your agency, for example, play a role in here in really maintaining that you mm-hmm. stay healthy? Yeah, definitely. Uh, agency plays the biggest role in it, one of the big roles, because they acknowledge the fact how important, how crucial the mental health is. And besides uh, managing the sustainability ecologically, like also they take care of the sustainability mental health-wise. They help you to like balance everything in a way that you don't get to the point of the burnout. And do you think that this is something that, like, how nice is it that you get support from this, like, from your agency? Because I 
I, uh, also it's really hard to plan everything by yourself when right? you have to have the creative moment and when you have to produce, play, tour and everything together. <laughs> you need some support system for sure, you know. I've been knowing some people that, you know, at some point felt that they were doing a lot of it by themselves. But I also saw that at some point they really felt like I, I really can't keep it up anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that I have to choose. Like when your agency fulfills this role, does mm-hmm. that give you the freedom to not choose between things as well? Yeah, it's like uh, also the moment of communication. Like my yeah. agent also ad- advises me, let's not take this gig at, at this point because it's going to be better for your mental health, etc. So it's really important to have the balance. Yeah, but I'm also hearing the communication to mm-hmm. be able to really talk openly with each other. Yeah. Have you been knowing each other from back in the day or like how did this relationship kind of start with your agency and you know also again communication wise yeah i mean we know each other for years already and we have become very close friends uh. <laughs> to each other so we are communicating all the time non-stop and we don't have this like something in between so it's really easy and i assume also like super transparent there is yeah regards everything yeah and you're in it together mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's also like really nice she wants the best for me so yes. i trust her in everything And I can also assume that that's something that's actually, you know, working in this industry where there are a lot of people on the barracks waiting to also, you know, get stuff and whatsoever. That's actually really nice to be able to feel safe and comfortable. uh, Of course, yeah, that's very important. The relationship to your agent, for example, and how you understand each other. And also it's important for me so that the person that works with you admires what you do and likes what you do and supports you and it's genuine you know yeah it's an important aspect i think i can also imagine that it gives you a lot of energy actually Mm -hmm. you know having this and motivation uh, as well and everything and this is also something that you experience when you take a look at hair and sauna for example like the whole collective Mm -hmm. being able to talk about everything and just being on the same line uh, it's the best thing to be friends uh, with people that you're working with as well (laughs) and we're a support system to each other when we play on the gigs as well you're traveling together and You help each other in many different aspects. So yeah. You need some therapists. We are each other's therapists. <laughs> <laughs> There's like seven therapists in the group. Yeah. <laughs> and we have fun together as well, obviously. Yeah, because that's obviously, that's the biggest takeaway that um, being able to maintain these kinds of things also allows you to keep on having fun with each other. Of course. And work is not, is maybe not work anymore. It's just also, you know, becomes part of the, the passion and the energy that you want to give out into the world. So I also want to talk to you about your sound. Mm-hmm. It has been described as very much a product of the Georgian scene. Uh, you probably have a note on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, heavy breakbeat, rich techno with big trance-infused melodies and dramatic atmospheres alongside plenty of tech, uh, electro. Sorry. How do you incorporate you know, where you come from into your music? Because it's also quite assumed that you do that. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about that? I wouldn't necessarily describe that as a Georgian sound. It's more of my own sound, but definitely it's influenced by hearing a lot of amazing Georgian musicians and their productions, and etc. In fact, uh, the first electronic piece I have heard in my life was uh, produced by a Georgian electronic musician 
who uh, made his first electronic pieces in the 90s. His name is Nika Koi, mm-hmm. and his sound is very much influenced by drum and bass, breakbeats, like you see the influences of Aphex Twin as well. So first time when I heard it, I was really enchanted and I was like fascinated by it. And then I slowly started to go to the parties and blend into the crowd. And I started to go out quite lately, actually, compared to my other art friends, like in Georgia. From, uh, 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 how old were you? If I may ask. I, again, obviously, I don't remember, but <laughs> but it was definitely later, much later than my other musician friends, yeah, who I have become friends with yeah, afterwards. Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, just listening to amazing selections and like the treasure of like going to the parties every weekend and you don't hear bad sets. I don't know. Like I'm not being subjective though. Like I know I'm Georgian. Maybe I would be talking about it since I'm Georgian, but yeah, like I had the luxury to hear like this amazing Georgian artists every weekend. And that in a way definitely influenced my sound. This is a sentiment that's actually shared around the world that uh, Georgian artists are actually really, really good. And would you also say that them not compromising like who they are and really knowing the sound that they want to put out there in the world that that is also like what you where the enchantment comes from mm-hmm. for you yeah of course yeah definitely and would you also say that they are role models for you in that sense seeing people um, of course like uh, we are a very tasteful crowd and uh there are a lot of like this pioneer musicians in georgia who has been the role models for a lot of electronic musicians as well yeah I also feel like that this is something that people don't really know that yeah. that much. I mean, everybody like who goes, it's not the news now that everyone who goes to travels to Georgia and visits Bassiani, Hidi, all exactly. these like big clubs <laughs> there. Everyone is like losing their minds. Yeah, yeah. There's the reason behind it, obviously. Yeah. What I've also heard is that they don't really do door selection there because, you know, the, the crowd kind of selects itself. There is still, there the is door, still? Selec- door selection. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Oh, okay. But yeah. there are a lot of music lovers and um, yeah, exactly. there are a lot of people who want desperately to get into the clubs and hear the music. Yeah. And this is something that you also see in Berlin, for example, you know, mm-hmm. with the club scene. that People really go there to to enjoy themselves and also kind of break free from uh, their daily life. How do you do that? Break away free from your daily life, if I may ask. <laughs> <laughs> like going to the parties. <laughs> parties, yeah, yeah. No, okay, I'm, we're the same then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's different type of like when you go there as a dancer and yeah. as like uh, the not when you have the responsibilities, uh, which happens quite rarely <laughs> for me. But whenever I have energy for that, I always... Go for it. Go for it. I was recently in Heron Sauna. I was not playing and it was completely different fun. (laughs) I was like, I felt like I was there for the first time. Honestly, I have forgotten the feeling of being just like a raver without performing. Yeah, because there there is actually a big distinction between between those two actually preparing the sound of the of the evening and just listening to the sound of the evening. How did it feel for you when you realized, oh yeah, okay. I'm on the other I side of the deck. you're decks. just like uh, loosened up and you don't have any responsibilities and anything to yeah. think about. It. It's just different type of freedom and fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask a question about the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about the future, are there any upcoming gigs, things that you are having in the, in the works right now that we should be on the lookout for? 
Yeah, I'm very excited for my upcoming release, actually, which is going to be released on Herzona label. Mm-hmm. Uh, the EP is going to be called Hacker. Is there, is there a reason why you decided to call it Hacker? Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> it's basically about cyber love story. <laughs> nice. And the track has the lyrics going on, You Hacked My Mind, which is basically, by the metaphor, it means the process of falling in love. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, yeah, it's like losing control over your system, over your mind. That's how the love feels like, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have uh, two remixes of another amazing artist, such as, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I'm going to say that, <laughs> <laughs> from Jazz and from Umwalt. And I'm really excited for those remixes as well. And yeah. uh, can't wait to share with this with you all. Absolutely. And I also feel like when you think about what you just described, that it's also something that's very much of the day and age that we kind of live in. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of, you know, all the apps where people find love through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought so. Maybe people will go that direction, but from AI, ChatGPT. I want to write a love letter. <laughs> no, that's not about it. It was just like... It, it's really about mechanisms of love, not necessarily the, the It could that be we falling in love with a computer, could be falling in love with uh, some entity or person, doesn't matter, you choose. Oh. <laughs> For me... No. It's very inclusive. <laughs> so we uh, arrived at the end. I want to thank you so much for sharing thank your you. time with us, your plans for the future, just to have a little chat also about, you know, where certain things come from. I'm very happy to have had you here. Also, I would like to thank the audience. Yes, you are also here for joining <laughs> us uh, during this lovely conversation. I feel like I want to say more, but I also don't. <laughs> But thank you so much thank for you so uh, much. joining Everyone. in. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this RA Exchange with Salome. Many thanks to the team at Deckmantle Festival for helping facilitate this conversation and to Suhaila for hosting it. The track playing in the outro of this episode is Screams Lee by Salome Involruptus, which came out in 2019. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the RA Exchange and listen to our full archive of conversations on ra.co or on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. I'd also like to take a moment to thank everyone who has listened to The Exchange this last year, which has been my first as its producer. It's been a learning experience, but I hope to only grow and expand the series in 2024. It's been such an incredible pleasure to work on it. Happy holidays, everybody. And until next year, take care.